please don't take this sentence out of context. I'm empathizing with the FBI here. podcast features explicit language and spoilers hello and welcome to better late than never this is a movie podcast where i invite a friend to watch a blockbuster cult favorite or otherwise culturally significant film that they've never seen before after we watch the movie my guest will decide if it was better late that they've been missing out by not having seen the film or never the movie just didn't live up to the hype for them. My name is Dave, and I'm your host. And this week, I am joined by first-time guest Sam, and we're going to be watching a movie that he has never seen before, and that is Rush Hour from 1997. Sam, welcome to the show. Hi, uh, I'm I'm excited. Uh, this is this is exciting. I've been putting myself in like a late '90s mindset all day. I'm not kidding. I was listening to I was listening to Hole and DMX today. Oh my god, I loved Hole. Actually, I didn't know Hole very well, but I liked that one song. <laughs> I loved I love that bit. I like that one song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I basically I, I listened to Celebrity. I listened to the album Celebrity Skin today. I was vibing. No. I was I was just thinking about I was thinking about you know the WTO riots. I was thinking about the Mariners making the playoffs and not winning the world series. Lots of, lots of happy nineties memories for me. Well, that last one's probably applicable to a lot of time periods. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. Um, well, I should probably just throw out there too, that uh, we know each other because you are the commissioner of a fantasy football league that we are both in. Yes. And I think it's worth mentioning just uh, right off the bat that you and I both know another guest who's been on this podcast, Ian. My nemesis, yes. Yeah, we've just been talking about how shitty his team is. And, you know, I just thought it was worth tossing out there, you know. Yeah, I mean, he he had, he had an okay season. I mean, he made the playoffs, which, you know, half the people in the league make the playoffs. And yeah, I mean, he, accidents can happen. He has a lot of players that I want. But yeah, he, it's it's for him. It's it's like God's built a fantasy team, and it's <laughs> it's it's it, it's kind of rough. I mean, it's just like imagine like you have like a great starting hand in poker, and you're just like, okay, there's no way I could lose this, and then you proceed to lose just immediately on the turn. I've that's, seen that's, Ian that's, do that exact thing, as a matter okay, of yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah. so. Anyway, Ian, if you're out there listening, congratulations, buddy. You got a shout out. Yay. Yeah. All right. So Rush Hour, you picked this movie, and I was curious why you wanted to do this one. It's mostly because every time, you know, in, in my in my circle of friends, whenever someone would reference Rush Hour or 
talk about rush hour like i've i've, I've understood like the, there is a some sort of cultural phenomenon around this film it kind of i know it spawned like a lot of like buddy cop movies or at least the resurgence of buddy cop movie movies in the late 90s early 2000s and every time i would say no i i've never seen rush hour i'd get the exact same response wait you've never seen rush hour like it's it's like not seeing the godfather or so you've actually taken shit for not having seen this one yeah and it, it's it, it's like it's but it's not like you know like you like it, like if someone hasn't seen star wars you're like dude you haven't seen star wars like what the hell mm-hmm. man but it's it's more like it's just like the amount of times i've come come across someone who's like wait you haven't seen rush hour that's it's it, it was it's it's like missing like third grade history class it's just like something you should have done that apparently it wasn't the most enjoyable thing for a lot of people but everyone's done it yeah yeah and i i've just missed out on it yeah it isn't exactly a movie right on that level but it just somehow feels like something that everybody has seen right yeah well you know it's not like i mean your show it can't you can't just have like you're just going to run out of amazing movies eventually. You're going to have to do... Oh, we ran out of those like a year ago. Right. Yeah. We're on to books now. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I mean, also, I mean, this Rush Hour, it felt like was on TV every day. And how did you miss it? Have you at least seen like parts of it? I probably like in high school or whatever. Like I'm sure friends would like toss it on or whatever. But like... I didn't have, I mean, I don't want to blame my parents for this, but like, <laughs> a, I was, let's just say I was born after uh, Nirvana's Nevermind came out. So I'm not very, I would have been six when this film came out. Oh my God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, also, uh, my one of my, I am like the son of a pastor. So like it took a okay. while to be able to see some, see see some gaudy um or like awful body films and stuff like that it just it just didn't happen all that all that often like every once in a while like i remember one time my when my uh when my stepmom who's the pastor was gone my dad had had me watch the matrix for the first time at like 13 and i was like oh you could see like blood and stuff in movies and this was a whole new world for me oh yeah yeah, no, it was it was wild, and now now I just like I get so excited when I see a titty on screen. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, man. No, I I don't want to I don't want to paint my family as like you know like repressive you know super conservative people, but I just it just wasn't yeah part no of but growing up. No, I grew up in a town with plenty of kids who had uh, strict parents, and I know what it's like. And I just, I know my dad's going to listen to this. I don't think you were that strict of a parent. You let me get away with way too much growing up. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to cut that one part out so he doesn't hear it. (laughs) Um, All right. So let me ask you, do you know who's in the movie? I do. I do know who's in this movie. I know <laughs> this is perfect timing. Uh, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan are in this movie. Chris Tucker kind of disappeared, and we I can know, talk right? about we can we can talk about why possibly uh, connections to Epstein mm. might might come into play. And I know Jackie Chan's in this movie. And I looked at Jackie Chan's IMDb today. Hold on, let me make sure I get. This it's right. a long yeah. one. Yeah, um, I have seen one Jackie Chan film. What? Yeah. And That's even crazier than not having seen Rush Hour. Which one is it? It is 
2002's The Tuxedo. (laughs) Which I saw absolutely zooted out of my mind either after wisdom teeth or tonsil surgery. Just high as a goddamn kite. My double feature that day was The Tuxedo and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, well, at least that second one's good. The tuxedo is the worst one, like out oh. of his entire filmography. Yeah, I, I is... thought. It was, I mean, I might have been high. I thought it was charming. So. Well, sh- I I thought little Nikki was funny too, but you I know, seen it. I might have been high. Yeah, you don't need to see that one. Okay, okay. So you've only seen the tuxedo, so you haven't seen Jackie Chan. No, I've seen I've seen like you know bits and pieces of it, like uh, Shanghai Nights or whatever. I might have seen like fifteen minutes of mm. out, just you know, very similar uh, film in a lot of ways. Okay, to what we're gonna watch today. Okay, they they realized that you they Hollywood realized they could put Jackie Chan as like the straight man, and then there's gonna be the craziness as the other guy, or. Yeah, they they developed a formula. Just pair with Hollywood star who's the one who doesn't do karate. Hollywood star Chris Tucker. Well, you know, Owen Wilson. I mean, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a big deal. Chris Tucker blew up there for a while. Like, I've seen Friday and stuff. I've seen Chris Tucker movies. I just haven't seen Jackie Chan movies. I I don't know, man. That well, see, that's that's weird. That's crazy. (laughs) Most for most people, it's the reverse. Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, Chris Tucker was in Friday and everything. A lot of people have seen that, but like, Jackie, right. we we got to, after this episode, we got to work on the rest of those two. You got to see, I don't even know where I'd start. Drunken master. Have you, maybe. Have you, uh, have you covered fifth element on the show? Not yet. I feel like that would be a good, I've seen it, but that, that would be a good one, especially for like a sci-fi skeptic friend of yours to watch. That would be interesting. That one's such an interesting. That's a weird flavor of sci-fi in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, so do you know anyone else who's in this movie besides the main duo? I think Abs- even people who've seen it probably don't remember. A- a- absolutely not. I, yeah, yeah I, I have no idea. Okay, what about the director? I oh, great timing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Um, well. I guess I guess Me Too is over if we're going to be covering this. This is upsetting. Like, mm. God, Brett Ratner is yeah. not a good guy. I I know. He, I I this also never seen a Brett Ratner movie. Well, that one's a little more. I'm I'm not gonna get on your case for that one quite so much. I think that's more okay. And yeah, we'll cover the Me Too stuff in part two too. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's just like it's so upsetting. But then again, like, there's so many you know, just awful people in Hollywood. You can't like, yeah, you can't shake a stick without seeing like a Weinstein movie and be like, yeah, "Ah." you know, so it's kind of like whatever. But although Brett Ratner is, he's actually kind of made a lot. I was kind of looking him up a little bit before we started. He's made more than I thought. Okay. I know uh, he did Tower Heist and this. That's all I know. Shit, he did Tower Heist? Wow. He really did do a lot of movies. Well, all right, we'll talk about him. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think the movie's about? Okay, so I know it's a buddy buddy cop drama, so somehow Jackie Chan is paired up with Chris Tucker and they're going to solve a crime or prevent a crime from happening. I don't know, like, how how big of a swing do you want me to take on this? Because I, I have theories. Oh, bigger the better, dude. Okay, so... 
my my thought because i was thinking about this today while i was uh while i was just vibing out my late 90s stuff i was listening to god smacks debut <laughs> album not oh good not good it was bad but i i was having a great time and i was thinking about it it's just like okay so they're trying i know this is one of jackie chan's like first like american films so and i know he's from hong kong and so i'm like trying to like piece together in my brain how like they're going to explain Hong Kong to the American audience because I doubt that the majority of America would know that Hong Kong was ruled by the British. It was yeah, probably couldn't find it on a map. Yeah, probably they, they don't don't know a don't know where it is and b don't know like the political situation of Hong Kong. So there's right. probably at some point early in the movie there's like a ham-fisted explanation of of how british rule in hong kong happened or whatever or it's just like wait why are all these british people in this movie or whatever i don't know so somehow hong kong has to uh because i know he's a hong kong pd officer that's one thing that's been spoiled for me and chris tucker i think is lapd i'm not sure but somehow they end up teaming up i don't know maybe they have to work to stop like a british super villain from trying to get oh. hong kong back in british hands i I, like I don't that. know. I'm, I like that. <laughs> so it means I'm wrong. But no, no not necessarily. Uh, but I'm I'm just I'm trying to picture just this. They gotta do something. They're going to spend a a lot of time tr- di- not liking each other, not not vibing in terms of how they do their police work. Maybe Chris Tucker like has the hots for his daughter or something, or. Mm. It could be, uh, or at some point, Chris Tucker is going to probably try some Chinese food and be scared about it. Oh yeah. That, that's a, that's a, that's a big thing. And that's a big thing in the nineties. Like I remember, I remember, you know, young, like any vaguely Asian food, it's like scared the crap out of some family members of mine. They're like raw fish what i was like guys yeah. come on or even teriyaki was a little too foreign for some people it's weird i remember this is given what you said earlier this is probably before your time but i remember <laughs> an entire episode of the nicktoon doug if you ever oh, i did doug. see doug i did see doug a whole episode was dedicated to his fear about eating sushi for the first time oh god and that like nowadays you buy sushi at 7-eleven oof not yeah. that I, not that I would get Seven <laughs> Eleven sushi, but you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to say that I think Chinese food is teriyaki and sushi. I was just giving examples because that's like but, yeah, the first yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. That's the first thing we got in my town. So, but right. like, yeah, no, but it's yeah, it's definitely something that was going on at the time that has changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we have a much more international um, food palette, at least more if, cosmopolitan. You know, yeah, yeah. Even in my little suburban town that I grew up in, it's just it's. Uh, it, I, I'm very nervous to see how this movie treats Jackie Chan as like the other. Yeah, I I actually haven't seen this one in a long time. Okay. I am wondering how the humor is going to age. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous, but I'm I'm also I'm, I'm excited. You know, I I like uh, I I like I like these you know low stakes action comedies that might be like one of my favorite genres to watch. Hmm. Just it's just simple. Just yeah. like I don't need to use my brain very much. Yeah, 
Chris Tucker is also very funny. So if anyone yeah. can pull it off, he can probably do it. So, all right. Well, speaking of him, actually, um, have you heard any quotes from the film? Yeah, I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and she was like, she was telling one of the jokes. I'm like, I, I haven't seen the movie. Please don't <laughs> spoil it for me. But it's like, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? That's that I know. Yeah. I know that's a line at some point in the film, and yeah. and that might be one of the highest points in the film. Apparently, my my girlfriend has seen this film many many times. She uh she grew up English as her second language, so like she watched that movie a lot growing up. So, hmm. so there's some mannerisms and stuff. She Not sounds like Chris Tucker. No, God, oh, that would be so weird. We're doing choke play, and she's like, "Damn, you just got knocked the fuck out!" Edit that. <laughs> edit that. Okay, I will definitely edit that out. <laughs> Last thing is, if you have any just general predictions or hopes for the movie. General predictions. Uh, I think that I mean I I said this before, but I think Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker aren't gonna be getting along at first. Chris Tucker might complain about it. You know, having to be paired Being up forced with this to weird work guy. with them. And yeah. also Jackie Chan will be like, why do I have to work with this crazy guy? Yeah. And then eventually they will reconcile their differences and save the world and or something. I don't I I, I have no idea. I, I don't know like what level the stakes are at. Cause like, is this gonna be like a low level like crime thing that they're trying to solve? I mean, obviously internationality makes it a little, you know, higher stakes, but it's not it's not gonna be like James Bond where where there's like a world destruction device. Like there isn't going to be like a Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan level. I mean, maybe, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm, I'm, I'm just staring at your face, like trying to figure out what the hell this movie is going to be. Poker face. I'm not going to tell you, but you know, you, it could be anything because, you know, I feel like this came out in a time where it's just as plausible that all they're doing is stopping a few kilos of cocaine from, or it's like we stopped an entire kilo of marijuana from getting on the streets or he could have a doomsday weapon and either one of those could be the plot of this. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't put it past them to do this. It's just late, late nineties, uh, late nineties cinema. I've been watching a lot of nineties movies lately, late nineties cinema in particular, just like they could make so many things that they cannot make now. Like they're just like the studio's just like, fuck it. Let's do this. Just, I, so I want to know if there's a lot of swings taken in this because like nowadays, like a lot of movies have to be either in like indie art film or superhero movie. That's what there's we get no now. in between. Yeah, there's no we in kinda, between. And kind of lost that middle ground film. Yeah, like uh, I'm trying to think. What was that? Uh, there was the Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis buddy cop movie. That's the last one I could think of that we cop did. Cop out. Cop out. Cop out. Kevin Smith. Uh, oh, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Didn't see that one. Didn't hear the greatest things. You also got so much drug war stuff I yeah. think, in the nineties, just like really focused on that, but whether well, or not that comes into this, I'm not going to say. Yeah. Cause like, uh, you know, like once, once like the fall of the Soviet union, like the United States, like, especially in our like storytelling, like we needed to come up with some enemy, new whether it would guy. be like yeah. new bad guy, like with the X-Files, it's, our own government and, and or aliens or we do drugs or like sometimes it's uh sometimes it's like soviet remnants we're just really just scraping the bottom of the barrel it's just like oh some ex-russian officer has nukes or whatever it's 
or it's, it's terrorists, uh, but like in yes. the pre-war on terrorism yeah. time. So it's yeah, like, like very like, generic terrorists. Yeah. Yeah, like the the like nineteen ninety one to like two thousand window is a weird glimpse into like this very small decade in American history where we didn't have a state sanctioned enemy and now now we have it. So it, I, I feel like going back and watching 90s movies, you get a weird time capsule of America that's just never going to exist again. Yeah, uh, I miss it. <laughs> well, miss the 56K Bodums, Nirvana. Oh, <laughs> uh, I all right. I liked Nirvana, the Modems thing. Maybe not. I could I, I couldn't come up with a third comedy comes in three. Sam's come on. Come on. Oh, Michael Jordan. There we go. There it is. Okay, so I think we got it. Uh, oh, just out of curiosity, I know we asked about Jackie Chan, but um, do you have much familiarity with um, kind of Hong Kong martial arts film? No, like no, I, or... no, not really. I, I, huh. I had a, I had a former coworker that w- when we hung out, he'd put some on, but I, I don't remember any of the names and stuff. All right. Yeah, okay. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm so no, that's fine. lame. <laughs> no, I mean that's a very niche subculture so right not a lot of people I, do. i'm excited for some fancy moves and stuff yeah all right cool well in that case unless there's anything else you want to get on record before we start no 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 i'm i'm, I'm done pretending to be intellectual <laughs> okay we'll save some for part two because we will be back in a little bit after we watch rush hour hell yeah And so we're back from having watched Rush Hour. Uh, yeah, it had been a long time since I'd seen this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, look, I had never been a particular fan of this film. I always thought it was overrated. Like, you know, I thought, but I thought it was fine. I never understood why so many people like it, liked it. I was like, you know, it's whatever. Like a lot of Jackie Chan movies are much better. I don't know why so many people are into this one in particular. Okay. And I, I just kind of found it eminently ignorable. Now rewatching it, I was like, whoa, we shouldn't be watching this one right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we, we can watch it. We, we can watch it. Like, you know, there's... You know, I'm not going to not watch Breakfast at Tiffany's. I've never seen Breakfast at Tiffany's, but I know there's super racist shit in that movie. So, there like, is, yeah, but there are good um, parts of it, too. You just got to contextualize and, the movie. And, yeah. And, you know, we have to contextualize it. This is the late 90s. Uh, no one has any idea about uh, culture or being smart or future proofing your uh, your storyline. Mm. Uh, I also, I guess. I have to issue a correction from last time. Uh, evidently, I said that this movie came out in 1997. It, in fact, came out in 1998. So yeah. I apologize for that. It's a rare error on my part. Normally, I am completely uh, omnipotent on this show, but... You are, you are in fact, fallible. Much yeah. like the writers of this movie. Fucking hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
All right. Where should we even start with this? Uh, uh, do you want to? I mean, I, I I took some notes, but I you know, I I wish I had timestamps for like every time my girlfriend put her head in her hands. She she hadn't seen this movie in a while, like you, and I obviously hadn't seen it. But I'm just I'm reacting to this with my 2021 brain, and the, especially this not to timestamp this episode too much, but it a very specific week in American history. It's bad, bad, bad timing. Right. Yeah. There, there's there been uh, a hefty amount of discussion around uh, anti-Asian racism yeah. at the moment. So that's featuring very heavily in the way right. I'm viewing this movie right now. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. You can't do that joke. You can't do that joke. Now, now I will say there were some jokes that landed. I, there I, are I like a few. That- that I didn't, I didn't put my head in my hands for, but there was, I, we'll, we'll get to it. But man, that was, that yeah. was something. Right. Well, we'll get to him. Um, just as like a quick hit off the top, did you, did you like it? I, I, you know, you know, every every Friday night, which is when we when we watch the film, every Friday night, my girlfriend and I, we alternate choosing movies. This week was supposed to be her week, but I was like, hey, I'm recording a podcast with my friend Dave. I want to, is it okay if we do two weeks in a row? Mm. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And so now I get to deal with <laughs> two weeks of Marvel movies in a row, which I am not looking forward to. <laughs> oh, come on. They're mostly pretty good. <laughs> no, they're fine. They're fine. Right now, I just, I'm really quickly, I'm on uh, IMDb's page, uh, the Rush Hour IMDb page. I'm just looking up the writers ross lamana i'm just i'm just gonna take a guess the writers are the ones i know the least about yeah i just i just oh boy okay They're that guy looks aggressively kind of aggressively waspy uh let's see jim Koof. okay i'm just i'm just trying to i'm just trying to get a vibe for yeah oh god yeah okay okay so these two guys look like I've seen them at like a fishing store in a small town. Like they're mm. uh, very, very uh, uh, white. And there are some very, very interesting jokes um, coming from them particularly. Well, I um, wonder though, how many of the jokes specifically came from them or were Chris Tucker riffing? Right. Yeah. Cause Chris Tucker, he, you know, he, he liked the vibe. I mean, there was one where he, he, he referred to Jackie Chan as Rice-A-Roni. Mr. Rice-A-Roni. Mr. Wrote that Richie. one down. I wrote that one down. And that one, that one was messed up, A, because, you know, Rice-A-Roni uh, is the San Francisco treat. And yes, so, yes, A, it it's, it's, it's also like, why are you conflating San Francisco and China? I mean, but like, A, that's a great food. <laughs> and B, I don't think I've ever had it. No, it's, it's good, man. I mean. It, it was it was it was a staple growing up, you know, like lazy single parent house. Like like they're just like God. I worked so hard. I'm just gonna make some rice aroni, and it's awesome. Mm. All right. Well, uh, okay. The the one I more have some notes about is the director. Which oh is... yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. bigger Brett fish Ratner. Big, bigger yeah. fish Sam bigger fish. Also getting us to wade into, I'm sorry, on your first episode, we have to wade into all kinds of like heavy shit. All right. So Brett Ratner. So he was a director who prior to this had made the movie Money Talks with Chris Tucker. And so they had an existing relationship. He also Mm -hmm. made 
all three Rush Hour movies and the movie Red Dragon, which is a prequel to Silence of the Lambs. Okay. He made the much reviled third X-Men movie, The Last Stand. And which was also, I'm assuming, produced by Brian Singer. So we're just really just <laughs> yeah. coalescing. Yeah. With some like, of Hollywood's sickos. And an absolute black hole of people's favorite Hollywood types today. And he also made Tower Heist, like he did. A, a lot of music videos too, I discovered, especially from Mariah Carey. Which I, I want to talk about Mariah Carey here in a second. Cause I, I, I uh, do, do you mind if I just do my little, Go you know, the, it. there's the scene at the beginning of the movie where the girl who eventually gets kidnapped is singing what I, that's a Mariah Carey song that she's singing in the car, right? I think so. So I'm a very, very annoying boyfriend where I, hey. if I'm watching, if I'm watching a movie at home with my girlfriend, I will pause the movie and well, first I'll start talking and then she's like, just pause the movie and tell me what interesting fact you want to tell me, Sam. Like, you know, <laughs> both both times we watched like the two towers together, I paused it to tell her that Viggo Mortensen like broke his toe while kicking the helmet. Oh, uh, like, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Like when we watched Dunkirk, I, you know, explained I explained the Spitfire's fuel fuel problem that it had when it was diving and just watching my girlfriend's eyes glaze over. Um, every I, time I do that 100% like that okay I so I did everything in my power to not pause this film in fact I haven't told her this and I'm very proud of myself when I think of Mariah Carey I think about 9-11 and I'll tell you why the, what? <laughs> Mariah Carey had the movie called Glitter right which mm. came out in 2001 the soundtrack to that film came out on 9-11 and did historically poorly fuck okay that 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 was that was that's my tangential i just i wrote that i wrote that down in my notes here which said uh which said mariah carey glitter 9-11 so i just wanted to make sure i got that brought up on the show didn't a bunch of things come out on 9-11 well yeah because like tuesdays are like album release days yeah didn't blueprint come out on 9-11 oh my god (laughs) oh that's that's funny fucking glitter also featuring um top chef top chef's padma lakshmi the most prominent alumna of oh yeah me and ian's college oh yeah absolute dime amazing human being yeah we're we're very proud of that all right so brett ratner also now probably most famous for getting absolutely wrecked in the me too movement one of the most prominent and most notorious uh people to get caught up in it uh some of the worst allegations against this guy which actually tie into the film because there's a fair amount of sexual harassment in this movie yeah yeah yeah. i mean this is definitely 90s um uh, workplace uh, harassment have, happened a lot. I mean, I, I did work in the 90s, so I have no idea how accurate this is, but I, I am not surprised that there are very, very domineering, gross dudes hitting on women in very inappropriate ways. Yeah. Like, come it, on, man. There, there seemed to be a thing in 90s films where workplace sexual harassment was cute. Yeah. Yeah, so that featured a lot in this film. So, all right, we've covered that. Yeah. The really? cast, yeah. I, I don't know what else I want to say about it other than 
Yeah, gross. Got, yeah, really gross. I mean, we could talk about Chris Tucker being uh, on Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. Like that's that's another one. I didn't even know that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's good. Okay. Um, with yeah. with with guys like Malcolm Gladwell and Matt Groening, just weird weird connections. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm having my world shaken. Um. Yeah. Well, we're we're actually it's gonna it's gonna continue. So, Jackie Chan. Yeah, Jackie Chan. Is he? Yeah. Please tell me, is he bad? Because I I I hadn't seen him in much of anything, and you know I found that he had this insane level of charisma in this film, which I really liked. Well, it's gonna we're oh, gonna go no. good first, and then okay. it's gonna depend a little bit on your feelings about global geopolitics, and we'll talk oh. about that. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so Jackie Chan to start with is fucking awesome. So Jackie Chan plays Lee, the, uh, the detective from Hong Kong in this movie and his career fucking rules. So it starts off all the way back in the day, early enough that he was a stuntman in enter the dragon with Bruce Lee. So he starts making his own films with a lot of really famous ones like Police Story, Drunken Master, Drunken Master 2. And these are all like, you could describe them as kind of action comedies where he's kind of a a doofus who gets caught up in all these things. And the key is that he's in over his head and he's sort of doing martial arts by accident. That's awesome. (laughs) That's the key is that he's, he's like you know, using things around him to do almost sort of like accidental parkour is the best way I have found to describe what he's doing. You know, it's very balletic and, uh, you know, synchronized and choreographed and it, it looks great. And then he broke out in America first with Rumble in the Bronx was the first time people in the United States kind of discovered who he was and saw him and then this movie came after that when you know after Roman in the Bronx people were like let's pair him up with an American star and really see what he could do and, and then that star was Chris Tucker yeah well first they wanted to use Martin Lawrence oh that we need to go back we need to we need to change this and use Martin ifs. Lawrence yeah the what ifs oh man I, I sh- release the Martin cut hmm I, yeah, um, it, it would have worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm boy. That sounds yeah. fun. I mean, just you know, it's like it's like you look at Rush Hour, you look at Bad Boys. You know, pretty. Yeah. You know, just same movie basically, buddy cops. <laughs> anyway, so we'll talk a little bit more about how this movie fits in with what he does at the end again, but. For Jackie Chan himself into the bad stuff. Oh, all right. Hit me. He's nowadays super like, I don't know if you would call it conservative, but he's he's very pro People's Republic of China government. Okay. Because there's there's a very interesting um there's a very interesting, I mean, I, I can't begin to speculate on the history of uh the PRC, but there's um there's a lot of interesting twists and turns in the history of how the PRC like 
became how it is. Because, you know, you have the whole history of Maoism. And when Mao died, there was like this huge, huge, um, you know, fight for control over like the direction of the uh, party. And it ended up, you know, going with a little bit more consumerist control, basically leveraging their entire existence on the um, consumption of America. So they're just like, we're just going to make super cheap stuff. And like the original dream of Maoism essentially died. I, I don't want to be speaking too far out of turn, but now it's very interesting as, as a guy from Hong Kong um, who is now supporting the PRC, which technically is right. I'm, I might need to edit all of this out because I could sound really stupid, but it's. Uh, yeah, both of us might because, you know, I don't. I do not know a ton about what's going on there. All I've read is some statements that he's made basically supporting the Chinese mainland's position in what's going on in Hong Kong right now. As right. Various rights that existed in Hong Kong have kind of been progressively stripped. Yeah. So. And it, what's interesting is like, is I've, I've, from what I know is like during uh, British rule of Hong Kong, there was, you know, a lot of terrible policing as as the as when the british were in control because that's kind of what the british have done historically so it's like great yeah there's also uh his son got busted for marijuana and he was not very supportive of his son in that moment he's very anti-drugs which comes yeah i mean to be fair i think if i got if i got caught with weed in my state which it is legal and i somehow went to jail my dad would be mad that's that's kind of a bummer but you know yeah. i all we right. all have our problematic faves yeah all right chris tucker he oh plays boy carter carter so he has been in such films as friday dead presidents money talks the fifth element jackie brown and then kind of fell off the planet for a while and then more recently came back to do stuff like Silver Linings Playbook, which I forgot he was in. Yeah, I forgot he was in. I saw that movie too. Me too. I didn't even remember he was in that, but he was. Uh, so, you know, what do you think of Chris Tucker? I, I, I'm entertained by his hijinks and shenanigans. I mean, he, he's, he plays a jerk in this film. Like, he's absolutely a jerk. Oh, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Uh, but I, and he was, he kind of comes full circle and starts to be a good guy at the end. But it's, I, I, and I think he's good in this film. It's just the character he's playing is an ass. And I know that's intentional, but he plays an ass well. And he's very funny with his riffing. I, I would I could watch probably like 20 solid minutes of Chris Tucker riffing on this film if I got bored enough. I go back and forth because uh, there are also moments in this film where I was just like exhausted by him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll just mention a few other names in the cast. So Tom Wilkinson's in this. Okay. Uh, I, I actually have a note about him. Yeah. I'm sorry. Tom Wilkinson is uh, has my favorite monologue in any movie. Uh, he's, he's, he's in my favorite movie, which is Michael Clayton. And his mm -hmm. opening monologue in that movie is one of the most amazing, like the, that whole opening sequence in Michael Clayton narrated by uh, Tom Wilkinson is my favorite part in any movie he's he's amazing i i did the whole leonardo dicaprio meme when i pointed out when i saw him oh. i was so excited i did that in this movie actually at uh, a different uh, moment is it is it is it an fbi agent 
no, it's, oh, okay, uh, it's okay. I'll tell you when it comes up. Okay, okay, because I did that again. <laughs> Tom Wilkinson actually, um, there's a thing on uh, Twitter where they uh, the prompt was uh, name a line from a movie that you've adopted into your everyday life vernacular. Okay, okay. And Tom Wilkinson has one of those for me. It's from Batman Begins. He's talking to Killian Murphy. Oh. And the line is, well, there's an answer to that, too. <laughs> oh, and man. They're just talking about having to deal with something. Killian Murphy says, we can't do it that way or something. And he's like, well, there's an answer to that, too. And I just sort of like somehow adopted that line into my everyday life. It's sort of like a lateral thinking line. Mm-hmm. And just like, well, if we can't do it that way, you know, there's a way to deal with that as well. And just like, you know, we can deal with it some other way. Just I I constantly either say it or think it. Yeah, I, I like that. I need I need to rewatch Batman Begins. It's probably been like 15 years since I've seen that movie. Maybe yeah. 10. Overshadowed by the other one, but yeah. it holds up. Ken Lung, it plays song. Uh, you know, had a pretty decent career. Worked with Brett Ratner a lot. Yeah, yeah you know. And uh, Elizabeth Pena played Detective Johnson. So. Yeah, she she was she was really she. I really liked her in it. She got around in the nineties. She was in a bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Batteries not included. I don't know if you ever saw that. I, I never. I never saw that film. No. So. All right. Let's talk about this movie. Oh boy. Right. It, it 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 for for what it was. It sure was a movie. Yeah. It it was kind of exactly what we talked about in the beginning that exact b-level movie movie mm-hmm. like yeah would buy a bag of popcorn it, uh, it made money like dang it was it was a heavy oh it made a lot of money people people were losing their minds to see rush hour yeah uh right off the bat as i t- so again i'd seen it but not in a long time so as i turned it on i i kept rediscovering these things about it and the China music that oh kicks my god off, oh my god I wrote down bad sign right off the bat yes I was I was waiting for Rush's passage to Bangkok to pop up I was like just that just bottom tier understanding oh man my second note is seriously what the fuck is this music <laughs> yeah because yeah, it would because it would go back and forth between like regular like '90s like action movie music, but it would it would have that string instrument in the background, yeah. and I was, oh man, oh, who did who who did the music on this movie? You know, I I couldn't figure that out, and I I frankly don't care. Spe- speaking of music, the soundtrack had some bangers on there. It did. Yeah, it there did. there's 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 oh, some good. Holy shit. The official soundtrack album was certified, Jam. <laughs> certified platinum on January 21st, 1999. Um, so I had seen the music video for the Jay-Z, Ja Rule, and Emil song before. And I knew that that song came from this movie. And I've heard Can I Get Up multiple times in my life. And I was like, oh, it, it shows up in the movie for about 10 seconds. And we'll, we'll talk about that scene later because that's a very important scene to me. It it. It was an important scene in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're the movie starts with this scene in Hong Kong. We get some smugglers. Yeah. It's the last day of British control. I remember this. Which I predict. I predicted. Yeah. I predicted that this. would come up. Yep. Yeah. I, I 
held the poker face, but you were right. Uh, I even remember this from my life, that how big of a deal it was. And you get Song, who's there, and you know he's evil because he has blonde hair. Blonde hair, yes. He he, he does. He has he has late nineties Eminem hair, which yeah. is worrisome for some reason. It's villain hair. Yeah, he it's does have villain, villain hair. He also has he also has the bleeding scar. You just like they're mm. really like, how yeah. do we make him look evil? Oh my god, he was. I I thought he was a lot of fun in this movie. Yeah, he was good. He was good. He was. He almost had like an albino ish. Yeah, yeah. Thing, and that's also kind of a trope uh, that uh, you know albinos get cast as sort of threatening evil yeah. characters a lot of the time. Yeah, it's horrifying to think. It, it also the beginning of this movie really did make me make a note that we should make take an opportunity to get you to watch an actually good Jackie Chan movie sometime. Oh so, yeah, no, I'm in. I'm in. I okay. I I, I love I loved his hijinks and shenanigans. Well, so Thomas, the Tom Wilkins, Wilkinson character, he is shady from the first second he is on screen. Yeah. And I also put down a note that I don't know if you felt this way, but I sort of felt like the subtitles were dumbed down. Yes. Yes. Yes, they it, were. They would talk for like 10 seconds and then the subtitle would come up and it would be like, goodbye, Sue Young. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like... Uh, okay is that really it is, is that, that all no <laughs> the, the the guy in charge of subtitles at what, what, what production new line cinema he's like i gotta be i gotta be home at five i'm not doing this just yeah <laughs> lazy at every opportunity yeah all right so we meet chris tucker uh he's doing the c4 sting yeah it goes awry uh, we know it, that it's the '90s because his suit is way too baggy for him. Oh, I did. Ma- I did make a note about his suit in this film. I three button all the way up top, just like the thir- the top buttons, like about an inch below the nips. Oh boy, his shoulder pads are halfway to his elbows. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. And dude, two cops get fucking shot. Yeah, that was that was that was a that was a scene. He that doesn't was... even care. He's just like, you guys all right? All right, I told you not to get in my way, you idiots. They got shot. Yeah, yeah, it's just by by, by some dumpy C4 salesman. Yeah. Uh, the guy from Reservoir Dogs. Oh, my God. I did not recognize him. I've never seen Reservoir Dogs. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> fucking put it on the list. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris Tucker has this whole fucking thing go crazy. So we know that he's a he's a loose cannon. Oh yeah. So we've met our two cops. Cool. Sue Young is the consul's daughter. She gets kidnapped, and this is where I did the um, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen thing because it's where the line comes up. He says, "No problem, just rush hour." Yeah, I was like, "It's the that's, I was that's like, the it's title." The- the line it's, 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 it's he said it yeah oh gosh man i re- I remember doing that i haven't done that in so long but i get so excited when you get to do it in the movie theater the last time i think that happened to me was rogue one and i just let out a gasp and i got really embarrassed because <laughs> <laughs> like, the theater was packed and it was quiet and i was like <gasps> and i could just hear i could just hear everyone judging me well you knew you had to know what happened in rogue one yeah yeah that's a call but, sign. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh, it's the, it's the, it's, it's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's Superman 4, the quest for peace. 
All right. So anyway, so Chris Tucker has, is too cool for a partner. And oh, yeah. Because of that, he's on the verge of being suspended. But he gets the assignment anyway because it's actually, and I liked this, it's a terrible duty yeah. uh, having to escort a foreign interloper. Uh, the chief is even on the phone. He's calling it like a disgrace to the department and everything yeah. like that. I And so he gives it to his worst cop who he hates. I, speaking of uh, the the actor uh, Philip Baker Hall, who plays yeah, the guy. yeah, I everything he one of the best character actors I've seen. He's so good in this, and it, he steals the show every every scene he's in. That I, I I I don't know. I just love the dude. Major props to that guy. Yeah, and I I also just I love the way everybody is like making fun of Chris Tucker. Like yeah. they they're like, oh yeah, this this assignment is G fourteen classified. Oh gosh, yeah that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, sometimes he deserved to be bullied. Like, come on. Like, oh, he totally has it coming. Yeah, he's just terrible, terrible guy. Terrible guy to work with. Terrible guy to have work for you. Yeah. Literally explodes a car in the in the middle of downtown LA. Also, the fact that they used real locations in this movie, like it at that, that was like, oh, that is Los Angeles. You know, I, I think a lot of those nowadays would be shot on like a soundstage. Yeah, yeah, that, that was helpful. I did have a question though. Th- did you wonder how the fuck he afforded his car as an LAPD yes, cop? Yeah, yeah, it was Stingray, baby. Yeah, I, 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 I had questions. It was a sick ride, but you know, who knows, man? He's got to be dirty, right? <laughs> he, oh yeah, well clearly because he, he later in the movie he says he's smoking weed with the security guard, so he could be dirty in some way. Mm. Or mm. Chris Tucker just wanted a Stingray to drive. <laughs> in the movie and Brett Ryder's like fine let's do it I think that's probably more likely yeah uh, all right so Jackie Chan arrives to help with the case and we get more China music oh my gosh yeah that was uh that was something man and here's where the movie starts getting pretty offensive uh, these these are all like trailer lines too where oh it's like do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth I recognized that. That was exciting. Calls him Mr. Rice That was bad. Brings him to Chinatown. Also, very God. The the first one that 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 there was there was a bunch of them, but there, there was the one scene where he, where Jackie Chan ditches him and Chris Tucker is looking for him. And I I say to my girlfriend, they're gonna do the all Chinese people look the same. And he turns around a guy and I it's like, no, I don't like being right. Not like this. Not like this. not like this. Yeah, there, there, there's some hijinks. That was like the first bit of like outside of like the opening scene where, uh, where Jackie Chan gets to do you know uh, parkour shenanigans that don't involve hurting anyone. Just him, you know, invading people's RVs and stuff. Oh, but that is literally my next note, which is Jackie Chan does a lot of pointless parkour in this. Yeah, well, it looks cool, man. It, it does look cool, but it, it's it's almost like instead of it being related to like a cool action scene, it's just like why, like why here? They they got they had to fill they had to fill ninety minutes. Man. All right, all right, fine, okay. I did, but I did kind of think it was funny at, during these early parts where uh, Chris Tucker does keep calling himself an FBI agent. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He keeps referring to himself as FBI. Chris, yeah. This is this is a, a, a Chris Tucker stealing FBI valor. Is yeah, it was funny. that's some, 
it's very funny. I'm excited. I'm excited for when Rush Hour Four to come out, like a bunch of retired FBI agents to protest, being like, "You didn't earn that FBI badge." The conservative bad backlash finally reaches Rush Hour. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. All right, so I'm sorry, I keep derailing us. The point of it is to derail. Okay. Have you? It's a podcast. Yeah, that's that's true. We got we got to we got to fill ninety. Oh, we've gone over ninety so many times. We're the most hypocritical podcast. We keep criticizing things for not being a tight ninety, and we go like two hours on an eighty-minute film. No. Um, <laughs> it's good, man. Fucking hypocrites. All right, and so it turns out that contrary to Chris Tucker's assumptions, Jackie Chan can in fact speak English. Oh God. And I was like, I was like, I was making a mental note. I'm going to hate this movie. If he, if they, if they don't like actually talk to each other. Oh, and I, I was know, like, right? please, yeah. please, dear God, let this, let this bit end. Yeah. I, I, I was like, I remember him being able to speak English. Did I remember this wrong? Because this is going to get old real fast if he never speaks. And fortunately he does. And I liked the line he breaks it with too, which is um, he likes to let people talk. It lets him see how full of shit people are. Yeah, that was good. That was uh, good. I was like, cool. Yeah. I, I, th- I thought, I thought that, okay, that, that was enough payoff to make the pain of the first 10 minutes of their shenanigans worth it. Yeah. And uh, still, though, like Chris Tucker, this was the point where I had that Chris Tucker was already starting to exhaust me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. he was exhausting. But here's where you talked about the Jay-Z song. We also get the line, uh, don't ever touch a black man's radio. So I had I did not know that was it from this movie uh, that actually. I was set up by a friend to he's like, Oh, put on whatever you want. When I was in the car with him, he's like, don't ever touch a black man's radio. I was like, Jesus, you told me to, I did not get the reference. So now I understand why he was just staring at me. Like I was an idiot. It was a trailer line, dude. I, dude. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. But I, well, I, you I, were I, young. I, I do. I did. I did. I did like that line. I did like that delivery. And it's, it's how we white people now know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That how, is true. How do we know these things if not for movie trailers? Yeah, it no play, playing Beach Boys in a, in a black man's car was pretty fun. Uh, it, it it for some reason it made me think of that that scene in The Big Lebowski where uh, where, he the hates cab, where the black cab drivers listening to the Eagles, which to me is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a movie. Just like why I hate the Eagles, man. I'll go on record. I hate the Beach Boys. Oh wow, that's 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 a, that's a interesting flag to plant. I mean, I am ambivalent about the Beach Boys. No, I hate the Beach Boys. Okay, it all comes okay. down to um. Have you ever seen the movie Roger and Me? No, I have not. It's a Michael Moore film. It's his first film about okay. uh, Flint, Michigan. Oh, and oh boy. There's this a scene. <laughs> about uh, a guy who got fired and he get, he gets fired and, it, and this is a tangent I'm sorry but it's fine he, he gets fired and he's driving home and he puts on the radio and the beach boys wouldn't it be nice starts playing and he says 
he just starts trying to drive home, singing along with the song. Wouldn't it be nice if we're together? And he describes how he just had like a psychotic break and just started like crying hysterically and like driving crazy and just like trying to sing this song, crying as hard as possible, sobbing. And he drove himself straight to a mental asylum and checked himself in. Oh, God. And from that point on, I was like, yes, that's right. Like, I I finally put into words what I'd always sort of felt, which was that the Beach Boys is music to go insane to. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. This might this might be wrong. Isn't it true that Brian Wilson never surfed? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it would make sense. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he says he gets around, but good God, couldn't get around to getting on the beach. Am I right? All right. Yeah, well. All right. Well, we brought up some unfortunate um racial issues about Asian Americans in this movie, but fortunately it goes both ways because in the next scene, Jackie Chan uses the N word. I, I liked it. It was very stupid. <laughs> I know it was just like, at some point, if he, I was like, he's going to do it once. And then they were just like, Oh, we're just going to keep doing it. Which I, thought was so stupid and so funny he was invited by chris tucker to do as he did which set it up and i was like oh boy and that leads to a not terrible pool hall fight yeah no it was it was just very yeah that was what did you think of the fight i thought the fight i thought the fight was interesting it was just like geez guys where are you getting all these pool cues from i've been in pool halls like that there's like Three already broken ones and like one decent one still there. So I don't understand where all these good ones keep coming from. Yeah, I just uh, it's not a terrible one. I also don't think it's a very good one. There's one in it's a little slow and dull compared to some other ones I've seen. And there's also one very obvious missed hit that kind of like there's some Foley work that makes up for it that bothers me when I watch it. but it's it's also kind of funny. But also, it like bothers me that he's beating these people up when he kind of has it coming. Yeah, like it's just like what, what is this? I know. Uh, yeah, the the I, but I'm just I'm picturing these, you know, because this was uh, writ written by I don't know if they they don't have an ampersand, so I don't think they were working together. But like these two nerds passing a script back and forth, sweaty sweaty guys and. You, you know living in glendale or whatever they're just like man how do we make this scene work i have an idea i've got it <laughs> i got it <laughs> we'll call him the n-word that just sounds like a terrible terrible idea but you know that yeah that scene was bonkers and the fight scene was meh it is followed by a better one though which is when he's breaking into the compound i like i thought that one worked a little better that, that one was fun but there scene. there is the the sig of weed joke which i now understand reference that i have missed you know since i was like 15 years old and people have been making that reference and i was just like oh it's called a sig of weed i didn't know that was from this movie 
I didn't know that became a reference. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe you didn't hang out with enough stoners growing up. Dude. Oh, no, I 100% did. I just I guess we use different terms. Yeah, like, dude, West Coast, West Coast, baby. Yeah, no, all, all, all East Side. <laughs> there winds up being a ransom call. That, oh uh, yeah, for the kidnapped girl. Oh, yeah, did we even bring up that the consulate's daughter was kidnapped? That's the that's the that's the threshold that is crossed in this film. Yeah, Chris Tucker is lucky enough to be the one to take it. Which yeah, whoops. that was that was good. I, I thought that scene. I thought that scene was pretty funny. And you know, who got kidnapped? Chelsea Clinton. That was that. And for like fifty million dollars, I was thinking of the whole like Doctor Evil one million dollars thing. It's just like fifty million dollars. Like, come on, man. Like, so in nineteen ninety eight, is fifty million dollars? What is that now? Like ten billion dollars? <laughs> I, I don't even know. Inflation calculator. This this is this is what people tune in for for uh, your guest to bring up the inflation calculator on his second screen. <laughs> What I, you know, what I did like was that, um, you know, the the asshole cops getting the comeuppance scene when oh, they don't yeah. listen to Lee, and so all their guys get blown up. Yeah, that was that was like, oh, okay, there's a body count in this movie. Okay, yeah, that would be about eighty million dollars today. All right, well, so there is some inflation. Yeah, yeah. But but what I didn't understand is why why the bad guy why Song is there himself to do it like they have cell phones at this point I know um, because the X Files has been on TV so right and the X Files always always had a really good way of explaining why cell phones aren't being used or whatever for like narrative purposes it's my favorite show of all time so like like as insane as chris carter is like they they figured out ways now they had to use like you know in they had these very very silly i don't know why i'm showing you this is an audio medium they had these very silly devices to uh activate stuff they hadn't they hadn't seen a trigger any <laughs> they hadn't seen any any movie made after 2000 wait this movie was made in 98 but <laughs> well for whatever reason he's there so they get to chase him around they there's some really fun foley work with the chris tucker's gunshots i noticed too Uh it's like the classic like stuff which i like and they get a lead yeah they They get a lead on jun tao and they stake out his hideout which is a chinese joint and they bond over the song war what is it good for? Yeah, that was absolutely a, that nothing. Was that, that 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 I didn't think that scene was earned. I was like, all right, come on, let's do that. Let's shit go. was so corny. Uh, and I I like corny stuff, but I was like, yeah, all right, come on, let's let's move this along. Yeah, and also it, it doubles as the movie's big training montage. Yeah, yeah, they they needed to do a quick training montage outside the Chinese restaurant. They couldn't. Yeah, so this movie what this takes place over the course of what two three days i would guess like 36 hours okay yeah they got they got to fit a lot of uh growing up and growing together uh stuff so they they do that over the course of a you know a three minute long song yeah they both so we learned both of them had legendary cop dads yeah and here's here we talked about this in part one chris tucker acts like he has never had fucking chinese food before i yep i i put a little i put a little check mark in my notes the eating sketchy eating sketchy food then he's like oh it's good 
and I was like, all right, that's that's gonna have to happen. Yeah, but listen, like I understand some of the more exotic stuff, but by the late nineties, like we had Chinese food. In LA, man, like LA is like not a small town. Like you, we even had sushi. Yeah. Like you know, like I am sure people had had pad thai by 1998. Yeah. Like what the fuck are we doing with this one? Yeah. Like it, it, it wasn't even exotic. He was eating out of like the classic fucking box. He was yeah, having the, lo mein. Yeah. It, and I, I this might have been a focus group scene where they they just get like five just five Minnesota Vikings and and Chicago Bears fans ah eh, maybe not Chicago Minnesota Vikings and Green Bay Packers fans in a focus group and they're like how do you feel about Chinese food so they 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 focus group the scene I mean he I mean, does mention that it's eel but even still like uh, eel rocks man eels good anyway I haven't had camel's hump. Yeah, I, I feel I, like that. That's a just a turn of phrase. Yeah, I, I don't know what that's, but but I uh, I remember. Like, so like right right when they're going in, when Chris Tucker wants to go into the restaurant first and has uh, and has Jackie Chan uh, stay outside and a- act like a tourist, and he immediately is accosted by two tourists and asking for directions to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, which is supposedly one of the best places to eat in LA and I actually I'm planning a vacation to Southern California once I get the vaccine Hmm. and I literally sent a link to Roscoe's chicken and waffles to my girlfriend like three days ago I was like we need to go there so I was like hey it's that place I was talking about it's it's the place it's the place I want I want to go get some Roscoe's chicken and waffles but then uh uh that Jackie Chan's like oh I, I'm actually a tourist I don't I don't know where it is and I thought that scene was fun well a little fun and cute and then, so they, they go into the restaurant to try to meet Jun Tao. And to the surprise of absolutely nobody, it's Tom Wilkinson. The Brit, the, I, I mean, I don't want to feel like a goddamn genius, but the Brits are back at it. The Brits are at it again, my friend. And the I knew a, a British man would be a villain. And I was so excited. I was like, I am smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's always them. Um, there's also a pretty good fight here too with some, you know, some innovation, the way he fights with the chair and everything like that. It's it's not a bad fight. And the and the Captain America in the food tray. Uh yeah, awesome. yeah. that was that was exciting. I knew that would make you happy. Yeah, well, you know. Uh they, you know, with the they use the carpet for the gun, you know, this is some some ideas. Some ideas. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought some of the choreography, at least in this scene, was was pretty rad. I this was probably the best fight scene in the film for me. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, yeah, that or the break into the compound. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was that was fun too. Uh, but here's our low point of the movie. Th- this is like such a like regular clockwork screenplay. We hit our low point where everybody gets fired. Yeah, and, you know, gets sent back home. Uh, Carter tries to recruit Lee back into the fight. It's kind of funny the way he breaks into the plane to go get him. I I, I like that scene. That was pretty good. He gets up there. What was it like a scissor lift he goes up on? And then, yeah. And then, and then just just huge dick to the to the flight attendant for no reason. 
Well, but, you, gotta, you gotta act confident, otherwise yeah. you won't sell the con. Yeah, that's that's fair. And then he sits. Yeah, that was that was a good scene. So like, yeah, Jackie Chan's supposed to be going back to Hong Kong because it's it's all over. The daughter's lost, and he's shamed himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, we get a little bit of background as to why Chris Tucker doesn't like working with a partner. Yeah. So yeah, that was fine. Yeah, sure, sure. All right, so we get our final confrontation at a big gala where they're showing all of this priceless ancient Chinese art and sculpture and vases and all this great stuff that Juntao had stolen over the years that have been recovered. Lee eventually puts it together that Tom Wilkinson is Juntao. And uh, during the fight... Uh, Chris Tucker gets to use the you know cool gun move that he learned to disarm a guy. Oh, he yeah. Finds a little girl with the vest and very cleverly, I think, brings the girl very close in so that yeah. Tom Wilkinson can't trigger. I, I really like that part that I was like, OK, that's relatively creative. Yeah, because then, of course, he would just blow himself up, too. And And all his priceless artifacts. Yeah, and his money. And his money, yeah. But most importantly, himself, I think he would care about. There's also a good payoff here, too, that um, Detective Johnson, who works for the bomb squad, earlier had been, we'd seen her practicing. Between being sexually harassed by uh, Chris Tucker's character. And in fact, while being sexually harassed by Chris Tucker, uh, practicing disarming bombs, having some trouble with it. But here she gets a chance to really do some field work disarming a bomb. We get the payoff for that. She disarms the bomb on the little girl, gets her free. We get a fight amongst all the priceless vases. Yeah. Uh, And this is a... This is a thing with Jackie Chan where um, he usually is put in a position where he's a better fighter than the other guys. So he is forced to fight with some sort of disadvantage. Okay, yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, like this dude is clearly trained. It should be just destroying these people. How do we, how do we, how do we handicap Jackie Chan? Well, he needs to protect the bases. Yeah, man. But it's also amusing that, like, all the Americans around him don't give a shit about these priceless right. Chinese vases that are, well, like, 5,000 years old, I, I, I'm blowing them away. Please don't take this sentence out of context. I'm empathizing with the FBI here um, because it's just, like, there is a bomb, bigger fish right now. Sure, 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 sure. We get a, a little a little bit more of the uh, kinds of lines that I don't know would fly today, such as oh, I've been God. looking for your sweet and sour chicken ass. Yeah, that that one. I was like, oof, oof. Yep, yep. yep. But Chris Tucker does get the really cool uh, action movie kiss off line after he kills Song. Oh, yeah, that, that was good. I like that one. That one was earned. Do you do you want to do you want to give it? Uh, no, I, I, I <laughs> it was something about like needing a napkin because you got blood on your right, face. So, Need a napkin. Er, so earlier he got beat up by Song's guys, and Song said, "Wipe yourself off, man. You're bleeding." And after he kills him, he says, "Wipe yourself off, man. You dead." 
And I was just like, nice. It was good. Yeah, I, I like that. I did too. I, I liked it. Jackie Chan kills Tom Wilkinson in the most one-sided fight of the movie. Yeah. Um, was, I, yeah. How, no, just how Tom Wilkinson died is just, it's just like, I'm, I'm, he's, he's physically holding on to something destructive that he helped create. And in a in a bit of poetic justice, that what he created was so uh, shittily was, made. Was, well, not necessarily shittily made. It was just like you know, a vest isn't meant to support two people like that. But he creates a, he helps create this vest that you know is meant to destroy something, and it ends up destroying him. And I thought that was really good writing, guys. Poetic you know, justice for, for, yeah. for all the just horrible racism that was in this movie. Almost, you know what? Just that almost makes up for one tenth of it, which was yeah. kind of fun. It all comes back. It's just like it's got layers and layers. It's, this is it's this might genius. be the deepest screenplay I've ever seen. Yeah. Move over, Citizen Kane. Um, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, it's okay. You got time. It's not going anywhere. So Tom Wilkinson dies. I kept wondering why he didn't just blow the vest. Like, first of all, Jackie Chan was not that close to him for a lot of this chase scene. And I mean, that was, that was, I mean, I'm not an explosives expert, but like that, that could have taken out, I think that was the LA Convention Center. Like, they, it's a pretty decent sized building, but like that much stuff could make some bad boom boom. Well, once it was clear he wasn't getting away, though, why not just. Now we'll all burn. Ha 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 ha. That, that is, that is, that is uh, just just a distillation of british evil it's just like well i i will i will kill people but if i'm remotely inconvenienced i'm not going to do it Mm. all right whatever (laughs) okay so uh long story short uh (laughs) jackie chan almost falls and dies but he's saved by chris tucker eventually chris tucker does not seem particularly uh urgent about saving him there at the yeah, end. I, I i i i didn't like that bit i was like human being like whether you like have personal disagreements with him or not it's just like come on man like little urgency a little pep in your step you don't need to do that bit i didn't i, I didn't like it yeah also uh the green screening was not great during that yeah, scene either that was that was that was bizarre but the directing in general well all right but we'll talk about it um so there's a happy ending everything works out great it ends with the two of them flying to hong kong together my last note just being that first dick class to stu- dick to the first uh dick to the flight attendant again i, I actually had first class does not have side-by-side seats on oh. a 15-hour flight i would think that those seats would be solos. Well, this is this is the '90s, man. You have to you have to keep in mind, like, yeah. I mean, on wild. a domestic flight, first class has big side by side seats. But look at look at a, this is where your money's going, folks. Our our favorite podcasters flying first class all the time. Richie Rich over here knows. No, I'm not, I, I, could, I I could be wrong. Write in and tell me if I am. But I, I would think that if you are on a first class trans Pacific flight, they would give you like a pod. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's. It, it, I think it was United, so I don't know. They're they're one oh, of the worst airlines. Yeah. Okay. If it's United, yeah. 
they they would punch you in the face first <laughs> drag you off the plane that was united right yeah i think so yeah oh god what bastards knock your teeth out and then yeah they they just put, they just put my uh my flight attendant buddy on uh on furlough again so it i i, I have an axe to grind in uh, a lot of people don't like united all right well anyway that is the end of rush hour and thank god yeah frankly. it you know i normally like i you know i it's not a good sign if i check my watch during a film and if I'm checking my watch during a 90-minute movie, I, I have an issue with it. <sighs> All right. Well, this movie, Sam, had a budget of uh, roughly $35 million. Okay, okay. How much money I, do you think it made? Uh, I know how much it made. Oh, okay. I, 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 looked, I looked it up this morning, but I, I know it made uh, over like $200 million. So it, it was a hit. Uh, a two hundred and forty-five million, give or take. Good that God, is a fuck ton of money. Yeah. This was a successful film. Yeah, and I I can see why. You know, you know at the, at this <laughs> at this point, you know, like I mean, how much? Like we had we already like gotten rid of aerosol like do we have the aerosol restrictions yet in the late 90s because everyone could have just been poisoned and thought this movie was amazing by all the all the poisons that were in like hairspray and like lotions and stuff like that did we get rid of cfls yet because i i think everyone was insane to like this movie this much i thought i thought it was fun you know and honestly i'm probably gonna watch the sequel at some point oh jesus christ yeah no i i i haven't posted my letterbox review yet i liked it but like i i i didn't love it you know i'm more i'm between ambivalent and like i i i get why it was such a big hit because i want to see what what other movies came out in 1998 oh jesus box office leaders because i i did i did do a little research this morning i wanted to see what the number one song in america was uh when this when this uh movie came out and i just want to see if you can guess what it is real quick uh 1998 um backstreet's back no uh it is a song from a film that came out this year starring ben affleck <laughs> and bruce willis the armageddon song yeah i don't want to miss a thing don't want to miss a thing yeah yeah because there was there's some there was some bangers in 98 there's armageddon which you know i think is great uh one of my personal favorites blade came out in 98 wesley snipes need to be in more things i know this is unrelated but i just want to say wesley snipes needs more work well he just did coming to america too I haven't seen it yet, but I, I I need to watch. Um, yeah, Titanic uh was a huge deal in '98, all the way until March. Yeah, there wasn't not a great year for movies. But you got Mail was yeah. nice. 1999 is the year that was good for movies. Yeah, I mean Saving Private Ryan, which is an interesting movie, but yeah, the the top directors were James Cameron, Michael Bay, Steven Spielberg, the Farrelly brothers and roland emmerich for uh godzilla and then brett ratner for rush hour mixed bag yeah all right well check this so here's the thing on rotten tomatoes 
This has a 61% from critics. Okay. It has a 78% from the audience. Okay, so we got we got a 17-point delta in favor of the audience. So, like, the people love this movie, but high-browed... Uh, Highbrowed reviewers don't like it. I'm now on oh. this movie's side. I like this. Uh, I'm I'm siding with the uh, the, the cheese eating snobs on this one. No, no, I it's just <clears throat> I don't know. This is this to me. It feels like you know just a low low brow art, which I'm fine with. It has its time and place for. I I think there are better. Uh, applications of low brow low brow art, like I think like there are better bad movies than this but it is yeah fine i mean for me it's not even about the racism it's just a boring movie yeah it's like a lot of the stuff doesn't pay off and there were some fun fight scenes and there were a couple jokes that i got really excited about but like it was it was interesting i liked a lot of the actors in it i thought some of the directorial choices were bananas i thought the writing was insane like (laughs) It was very bizarre choices, but I, I've seen worse. I've wasted more time watching worse movies. Uh, I mean, I suppose. Well, <laughs> hang on. And for did a... I regret choosing this movie? Yes. <laughs> Me. But did I have an okay time? Like all things considered, I got to talk to you. I got I got to hang out with my girlfriend, watch a movie. I got to explain to my dad you know that i'm that i'm going to be watching rush hour for some reason and he said why yeah Um, i got that too wait hang on one second because there's a fun trivia bit about this okay which is that rush hour was in fact the catalyst for the creation of rotten tomatoes really that's interesting Sen Dong, the website's founder and a Jackie Chan fan, was inspired okay. to create the website after collecting all the reviews of Chan's Hong Kong action films. And in, in anticipation for Rush Hour, Chan's first major Hollywood crossover, he coded the website in two weeks and the site went live shortly before the film's release. Okay, okay. So uh, that's interesting. So the next movie that like hits number one box office after Rush Hour is the film Ants, which I have a very interesting relationship with, which has a 92% tomato meter score from like the critics. I want you to guess what the audience rating is. I'm going to guess like 54. It's 52. Oh. So, so this, this is, this is, this is the, this is the anti, this is the, this is the anti-populist movement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very just that's the very next movie comes out. Also, looking at this list, Ants and Bugs Life came out like two months apart from each other, and that is breaking my brain to think about. Dude, anyway, it's that back- duality in Hollywood where yeah. like the two same things, like you know, like uh what is it, uh Deep Impact and Armageddon, Volcano no. and Dante's Peak, like that keeps happening. Uh Deep Impact better than Armageddon. I tend to agree, actually. Okay. I, I have not seen Dante's Peak. I like Dante's Peak. I saw it in theaters, though, so I'm a little biased. Oh, my God. Okay, the last thing I'll just say about this is that plenty of uh, disagreement among the critics, you know, about who likes the movie, who doesn't. But one person who does not like the movie is Jackie Chan himself. Really? Jackie Chan Why? He doesn't like the movie because he doesn't like the way 
He speaks English in the movie. He doesn't know what a lot of Chris Tucker is saying in the movie. And that compared to the movies he made in Hong Kong, he doesn't think he doesn't think that the fight scenes deliver very well. And they certainly don't deliver quite so much of his personal brand, his personal okay. style of fights. So uh, he hated this movie so much he made a sequel. He made two. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, looking us up this morning, a fourth. Oh fuck. <laughs> When, when, yeah, I, I don't know when, but I was, I was, I was, I was thinking around on one of the writers, IFDB, and uh, it says it's been announced. Okay, fuck that. <laughs> I'm gonna watch all of them while you're doing that. Try and make time for one of the two drunken master films. Okay, okay, okay. That that's one, that's one of the baller, Jack yeah, Chan. or um, police story. Okay. That okay. One's, that one's good. Add that to the list. Yeah. I, yeah, the whole, especially his criticism about not understanding what Chris Tucker is saying, I, I think is, yeah, that it's hard, especially as I'm assuming as an actor, like to play off of, um, like act against someone who's speaking a language you don't understand. Like, like in Game of Thrones, like I'm picturing like those poor actors who are speaking like high Valerian and Dothraki and they're like, Oh, you're saying something now. Oh, Oh, okay. You're reaching that part of the sentence. My face needs to change that, yeah. that, 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 I mean, I'm a terrible, you know, like I never was in any plays or anything. I'm a terrible actor. I'm bad at lying. So like, I can't, I can't imagine doing that. Even if I was a trained actor, like having to act against something I don't understand. Oh, those poor Game of Thrones actors too. Half the time you're doing it to like, you know, a green screen. Yeah, just 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 acting against little 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 uh, green golf balls. Poor poor <laughs> Amelia Clark doing it standing on like a green like sofa. Yeah, <laughs> just just uh, uh, just acting against someone in a mocap suit. It just looks insane. But that's kind of what makes what she does kind of amazing. Yeah, no, it, it's fun. And, you know, just the, the eyebrow control and everything like that's that 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 is acting. No, uh, but <laughs> that, 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 that that does um, that, that does bring to mind, like especially the scene that I despised slash enjoyed ironically was the uh, Jackie Chan repeating after um, after Chris Tucker in that bar. It's just like. <laughs> that that reminds me of like like because my, my girlfriend speaks Spanish and she'll she'll like get me and I'm like trying to learn Spanish I'm very s- slow and stupid but she'll she'll teach me words that I should not say mm. and then like I'll say it and then she gets mad at me for it so I I, I just I, I kind of understand where he's got what he's going through so all right well you've given your reaction to the film all I need to know now is the specific question of whether or not you think the film is better late or never I think I know where you're going, but let's just make it official. Better late being that you think the film is somehow a critical one to a movie watcher who needs to fill out their movie watching bona fides, Mm -hmm. never meaning that a person could go their whole life with never having watched this film, and that would be fine. Okay, and I'm I'm a terrible person. I'm going to say both. Um, I'd say I'm going to lean never, and here's why. Like the normal, like non-psychotic, 
disgusting human being like me does not need to see this movie. But if you want to understand the American psyche, this movie is very important. Interesting. There's um, there's just an ins- a just casual racism. It's it's still okay to be racist against Asian people. Apparently, uh, that helps color like my understanding of the American moviegoer. A lot of these jokes don't land, which is basically how I view most comedies nowadays anyway. I don't see how this is much different than most uh, modern comedies. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say I, it never, you don't need to see it. But if you're, mm-hmm. if you're a mentally ill person like me who needs to, who needs to feel pain while watching movies, watch this movie. It, it'll, it, it'll, it'll make you understand America better. Yeah, I can get behind that. You know, a lot, a lot. Comedy is one of those things that tends to age the worst out of all oh, things. Oh God, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to imagine like showing my like 15 year old cousin Blazing Saddles. Like, that would be. But that's the thing is that like the best ones stay. It's universal. it's good, but there's gonna be a lot of. He's gonna be like, dude, what? Yeah. So. This one, you know, I don't really get a vote because I saw it before. But if I was weighing in, I would say it'd be a never. But I I feel you in saying that this is a very fascinating little anthropological study about seeing where America was at at this point in the 90s. Yeah. You know, uh, I'd, I'd pair this with like a better movie like True Lies. Like, like you really understand how they viewed like uh like arab people in that film because mm. that's pre 911 yeah um i yeah cuz i i mean i'm i'm pairing this with uh that because i recently rewatched true lies and it's just like some of the worst disgusting things about uh, about how we treat just the rest know. of the world yeah the rest of the world and especially at a time where as i said in the first part well we're not like where we don't have an active enemy when you know at the time you know as i, I said in the first part it's just like you know it was it was in the 90s we didn't have that enemy like the soviet union you know we we uh, hollywood misses the days where our biggest enemy was just white people with a backwards alphabet like <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i've been sitting on that for a minute no it this film it's not that important but i can see why it was so popular and i can see what it led to it led to a lot of movies like like this fair uh, when when did when did men in black come out 98 i think 90, 98 okay because like that that is a buddy move like you know butting heads buddy cop movie that works i think all the way through the screenplay uh this one does not it, 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 a, a lot of the jokes don't land. A lot of the stuff isn't earned at the end, but there's some cool fight scenes. Yeah, it's fun. And if I was to introduce Jackie Chan to someone, I would not go with the tuxedo. I'd go with this movie. That much I'll give you. But let me know what you think after you see one of his Hong Kong films. Uh, yeah, that that I'm looking forward to. Like something bonkers. All right, well... Let us know what you think by emailing us at betterlatethaneverpod at gmail.com or tweeting at us at betterlate underscore pod. Sam, good to have you on for the first time. Yeah, that was this was fun. Um, I really am mad at myself for choosing this movie. <laughs> I'll give you another chance. Don't worry. And uh, for the rest of you out there, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.